0: Welcome to the Wisdom Rising podcast. I'm your host, Lama Sultrama Alione, And my goal with this podcast is really to open your own wisdom, to have your own wisdom rising, either through the meditations that I lead or introduce you to, or to the people that I interview that bring wisdom with them in their own voice, in their own traditions. So we look forward to... Raising Our Wisdom Together on the Wisdom Rising podcast. And I'm so happy to share this with you. So today I'm going to teach a little more from the Semde lineage, which is one of the lineages of Zogchen. It was the earliest lineage of Zogchen. Zogchen means the great perfection or the great completion, Zog. Can be complete or it can also mean perfect. And Shen means great. And this was a tradition that arose in Odiana, which was a place to the northwest of India, possibly in northeast Pakistan, Kashmir, that area. And there were many powerful women teachers there and the Dzogchen teachings emerged from there, and also from Shangzhong in far western Tibet. And so there were these lineage holders that preceded it going into Tibet from Odiana. And so what I've been doing over these weeks is sharing these little core teachings of these lineage holders who preceded the ones that took it to Tibet. And it's they're 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 just amazing. I I love this material. I was kindly given a copy in Tibetan of it by Adriano Clemente, who actually is the uh, the writer of the book. This is this is where I'm getting it from, Supreme Source. Cool. It's called kind of a reflection there the supreme source. And anyway, so I've been looking at the original Tibetan and doing some commentary on that. And so I want to continue with that this morning. So this one is someone named Nagaraja. So it's a a male. Some of these are women. It begins, Louis Galpo Gao, who was Nagaraja, was the emanation of the Bodhisattva who lived among the Nagas. The Nagas are the water spirits, and they're really frequently mentioned in the Buddhist teachings. It's said that when the Buddha taught, the Nagas were present. And I actually had this experience with Namke Norbu Rinpoche, where the snakes are are connected to the Nagas, snakes in general. And one time I was with him, in this field where now there's a amazing space to do the vajra dance which is a meditative dance down on a mandala that he received from the dimension of the dakini kumadevi who was is in she's one of these teachers that I'm going to teach on she was in that lineage of Semde from odiana and he in dreams received many teachings from her, particularly around this dance, but also practices connected to her. And he would go and meet her. And I mean, the, the the connection was such that she would show him a dance and then she would come back the next night and say, No, no, that the right foot should go into the yellow part of the mandala, not the red part. You know, like Correct him in another dream. So they had this incredible contact. In any case, I was with him at this place, and it is the place where he first revealed this dance terma and he was teaching and there was a snake, small, like a garter snake, not not a scary snake, but just a little snake that sat kind of coiled up with its head up looking at him the entire time he was teaching. (laughs) And at the end, I went up to him and said, Rinpoche, that snake has been there the whole time. And he said, that's called the presence of the Nagas. (laughs) So yeah, the Nagas are the water spirits and and we, we need to be in touch with the Nagas. We need to be aware of them and make offerings to them. At at Hara Mandala, we do a Nagapuja twice a month, and in Nagapujas, you always offer milk, dairy products they really like, and very pure things like flowers, flower petals, milk, that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it's they're they're real. And I've had some real contact with them at Dharamandala. So, if you are in a place where you could do such a thing, if you go to a spring or a river and you offer those things with a pure heart to the water spirits, you don't necessarily have to have the formal Nagapuja. That that could be good because we want to be in good relationship with them. They like their water to be pure, and so anything you can do to purify water, to protect water sources or clean up rivers, all that is very beneficial to the Nagas. When they're disturbed, they cause skin diseases, and so, often if you have a skin disease and you apply with to a, a Tibetan doctor they'll have you do a naga practice or offerings to the nagas or or sponsor a naga puja to be, to be done so yeah so this is the king of the nagas and when he learned that the marvelous sokchen teachings the essence of all teachings had appeared in the human world he reincarnated his father his father's name was Apara Dharmu Jinana, and he was a Chandali or an outcast. And his mother's name was Jatso, which means ocean. And so this teacher, Nagaraja or Louis Galpo in Tibetan, met Garab Dorje, who was the first human to receive Dzogchen teachings on this earth. It was, as I have said before, taught in 13 other solar systems before it was taught in ours. So Garb Dorje received it from Vajrasattva, who is in the dimension of pure light, Sambhogakaya. So Louis Galpo also received it from Garb Dorje while he was still alive and obtained the ripening empowerments, which would be some initiations where those teachings could ripen within him, from Prince Tuo Rajahati, who I've spoken about before. And then he asked Princess Parani, who I talked about last week, for the essence of the teachings. She summarized the teachings thus. And then we have the Tibetan. And that means, in the order that it is in Tibetan, sense field sixth, Six, the number six, unceasing happiness, enjoy behavior. What that means is enjoying uninterrupted pleasure in the fields of the six senses. So that's just the beginning of the thought, and I'll say the next line so it makes sense. Jita ro kyung boksu che, like this, enjoy roll bodhicitta, great benefit. That's word by word. And then the translation is like this, enjoyment is a great enhancement to bodhicitta or a great benefit to bodhicitta. So that's interesting. Many religions approach the senses as obstacles to spiritual development. That if you really want to be spiritual you have to free yourself from the senses and from the body and just be in the realm of spirit and those are generally patriarchal traditions that split spirit and matter or spirit and life in this dimension and these teachings don't and it talks about not only experiencing them like say in a state of mindfulness but actually pleasure. And how pleasure actually leads to the enlightened state. Isn't that interesting? So let's look at it more in detail. So it says enjoying uninterrupted. And there the word magak is used. Magak. Magak means unceasing. When we talk about Dzogchen and the nature of mind, we say it's magak, unceasing meaning that it continually goes on. In this case, it's it's talking about magak pleasure. And so that means that when we are in a state of union with the senses, then we are in a state of mahasuka, or pleasure. Here the um, word day is used. Chen means mahasukha, and just de means sukha. So what does that mean? Is that ordinary pleasure like I'm eating something and I'm enjoying it? No. Although that could be part of it too. But it means that when we are in a non-dual relationship, through any sense experience, be it thoughts, or, and thoughts are considered a sense, sight, smell, taste, touch, hearing, and thinking. Those are the six senses. The six sense fields is what they talk about here. And so that, that those are the consciousnesses of those senses. So we have the ear, right? And then we have the object of the ear, which is the sound. And then we have the consciousness that hears. And so it's talking about that. So it's not just a sense experience, it's it's that consciousness that comes. M-A-G-A-G. So what does that mean? It means that if we are in our true nature and we are experiencing things as they are, we are in union with them. And that very state of union is bliss. When we are in that state of union with the sense experience, it is natural bliss, joy, happiness. So let's do a little experiment. Maybe we'll use the sense of sight, since I'm not sure you're all experiencing any of the other senses as much as sight right now. So maybe look at something. I'm looking at the couch in in this room. I'm just looking at it. And at first I'm looking at and it's me looking at the couch. And the couch and I are are separate, right? But if I recognize that that object that I'm seeing with my eyes is actually the emanation or the play or the display of the primordial state, the ground of being, that primordial awareness. That it's the radiance of that. And inseparable from that, I have an experience of bliss when I'm looking at the couch. Let's try that. First, touch in on that vast, open, deep awareness of awareness. And then the radiance of that or the presencing of that as our world and whatever you're seeing is part of that, that presencing, inseparable from the ground. Mm -hmm. Move your eyes around and everything in your visual field, recognize it like that and notice what you feel in your body when you are in that state of recognizing appearances as inseparable from the ground. Did did you experience a sensation of bliss in your body? And you can do this at any moment and be in that and, and cultivate the experience of being that being in that at all times and that's why we say mahasukha or dechen great bliss it's 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 such a beautiful experience of course and it's also such a beautiful idea that our fundamental condition is great bliss once we drop into it and then it says jita rokyan chanchu bok su che like this enjoyment is a great enhancement to bodhicitta so this this word bok is is used as it's a word it's also used in a word bogdun. it bok means to enhance or increase. And so you have a realization like this, and then you poke it. <laughs> you enhance it. you Yeah, so it <laughs> enhances bodhicitta. And so that word, bodhicitta, is one of those words like sanjay, which means Buddha. They can be taken apart into two parts, chang and chut. Chang means to purify, and Chup means to obtain. That Chang is associated with Kadak, which means primordial purity, and Chup, Chup, with Lundrup, or spontaneous presence. And the practices associated with that, Kadak is Trekshu, practice, and the practice associated with the chup or lundrup is togyal, or the the visions that appear when we are practicing togyal, the deeper practice of Dzogchen. So here, it's it says like this: enjoyment is a great benefit to bodhicitta, or a great enhancement of bodhicitta. I've talked several times that this lineage is called Semde, or the mind series, but it's really an abbreviation for Changshu Semde. Changshu is this word, Bodhicitta. And Bodhicitta has a different meaning in Dzogchen than in Mahayana. And the meaning is the primordial state, this state of the ground of being resting in ground of being, and recognizing everything as the emanation of that. The reason why bodhicitta is increased by the experience of pleasure, which you might think, wow, I never heard of a spiritual path where pleasure was considered to be the path, except hedonism. (laughs) But when we're in the state that we just touched on, just for a moment, we felt pleasure at least some of you did, pleasure, joy, bliss. Um, so it this this pleasure increases bodhicitta or sort of fans the flame of bodhicitta because you're in the non-dual state when you're experiencing this kind of bliss that I'm talking about. Does that make sense? Then you're experiencing or you're increasing your bokdunning, the sam your true condition. So this is something to practice. So during this next week, practice this. Try it. Try it with sound. Try it with taste. Try it with touch. I'm feeling it so much in my body, like it's hard to keep talking. It's nice to share this with you. And it's right here. You don't have to go somewhere expensive (laughs) to experience Bliss. Yeah. And then next sign, very profound. Jnri Gyalpo Di Yi, Chang Top self-cognizing, king, power, attain, confidence. So the way that translates is obtaining confidence in the power of the king Self con- self-cognizance or wrongrig. So this word wrong rig is very interesting word. So we have our in- innate or inherent intelligence or awareness, and that is awaring right now. It's a word, awaring. That awareness is intrinsic to the universe. So let's just sit with that for a moment. Awareness is intrinsic or part of, naturally part of, and really the base of the universe. So this awareness is there from its primordial beginning, from the primordial beginning of the universe. It's also presence in our own primordial encounter with the luminosity that is this awareness presencing itself. And that is what we call our world. So that presence we experience as our external world. But we don't recognize our external world as the ground presencing. We tend to experience it as other. So let's take a moment and experience our world, Wherever you are. And of course, your awareness is limitless. But the things that you're perceiving with your senses as the ground presencing, the ground of being, manifesting, or playing, radiating. It's our encounter with that luminosity that is what we perceive with our senses, the six senses, not just sight. All of them. So actually, we are perceiving through the senses the display of the ground of being. And it is inseparable from the ground of being. And so the reason we experience bliss when we recognize that is because we return to truth. We return to our true condition. We need to recognize we must recognize the ground presencing as ourself. Not ourself in the egoic self sense, but as the pure awareness present within us. That's wrong, rig. Wrong. Or inherent Rick awareness. Let's sit with that for a moment. That word for me is so profound. It's usually translated self-awareness, which kind of doesn't mean anything. What does that mean, awareness of the self? It's not the awareness of the self in that sense. It's the, the awareness of our innate, innate, inherent condition, which is awareness. Rang Rik. Sometimes it's translated as self-cognizance. But I think the problem is the trend, is the word self, because that is usually the egoic self. So better translation is inherent awareness or self cognizing awareness. Yeah. And so what he's saying is that he says that self cognizance, Ronrick, is the king. The king, Gyāpo, Drangri Gyāpo, self-cognizance or inherent cognizance is the king. And that's what you attain through enjoying uninterrupted pleasure or bliss of the six senses. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? And then the last line, Meditation is resting at ease in the Sixth Sense Consciousnesses. So this word, resting at ease, shuk uh, is jukh, is that word for resting, And it's kind of automatic, poetic, it kind of reminds me, like, slide into first space, you know, like zhuk. It's the same zhuk that's in Blushuk that we talk about in the Chud lineage, when you go out on the road to scary places to encounter your own fears, push through them. So here it's talking about the zhok chuk, these sixth sense consciousnesses resting at ease in them, or relaxing and open awareness of them, that that is meditation. That's what he says. That is meditation. And remember these are the most profound essence teachings that they could come up with in a few words, each of these teachers. So this is like their pith instruction. Then Louis Galpo completely realized the meaning of the primordial state and expressed his realization thus." So, that was the teaching from Princess Parani to him, to uh, Nagaraja, and now this is what he says. I am Gao. This is a longer version of his name. Nyumonpa sprangyeshe, chempo La. So, the unobstructed emotions without renouncing them are the five great primordial wisdoms. So how many of you have read Wisdom Rising or learned about the five families, five mandos, five wisdoms somewhere else? If you haven't read it, you have to read it. I go it really in great detail into these five families and the five wisdoms. So saying the obstructive emotions without renouncing them, are the five great primordial wisdoms, and that's the principle of Vajrayana, that the obstructive emotions, and in this case, they are ignorance, anger, pride, desire or attachment, and jealousy or envy, those are the five, and they become, ignorance becomes the wisdom of total space dharmadhatu. It's also depression, spacing out. So the wisdom of totality becomes. And so anger becomes mirror-like wisdom, mirror, to look in mirror. Anger becomes that. Pride and feelings of insecurity become the wisdom of equanimity, evenness. And then desire or craving becomes the wisdom of discernment or discriminating awareness wisdom. And jealousy or envy becomes all-accomplishing wisdom. And I explain in my book how that happens. I don't have time right here, right now, to explain that, but I just touched on them. So what does this mean? It's similar to the sense experiences Although these are the kind of the bad things and how how the bad things can be transformed by simply being present with them, being completely present. So let's take anger, for example, and maybe generate a feeling right now of anger. Like think of something that pisses you off. It could be a political situation like what's happening with women in Iran right now and women in this country who are being denied control over their own bodies. Or maybe you have something personal where you can generate the feeling of anger. So feel that and then simply feel it as energy. Not angry at something, you're simply in that energy. And it has a kind of clarity, doesn't it? Sharp clarity. That's mirror-like wisdom. And so what he's saying is that all of our emotions, without renouncing them, are the five great primordial wisdoms. So when we're purely in the experience of an emotion, without dualizing it, and thinking what we're angry at or what we're going to do to that person or thing that we're angry at. We're just in the energy of it. And that liberates into the wisdom. That's the principle of the mandala. And then he says, without having to renounce them, the three poisons are the perfect body, speech, and mind, or the complete, or the perfected, So this is the same principle. The three poisons are a more condensed version of the five. So it's passion, aggression, and ignorance. And so he's saying that they are the perfect body, speech, and mind. So when you're really just present with those energies, they are the perfected state of body, speech, and mind. This doesn't mean that you go around just indulging in getting angry all the time or being prideful or craving or whatever it means. It's it's a meditative experience of those energies in your body and in your awareness. Korwa Majam Dechen Changchup Without renouncing samsara, it becomes the path of bodhicitta bliss. So the experience of these sense experiences and these so-called poisons or samsara are translated back into light and into Gnostic awareness that directly perceives emptiness itself. Gnostic awareness, that word gnostic comes from the same na as in pragna, which is wisdom, and it is inner knowing. It's awareness of awareness. This is just so beautiful. Without renouncing samsara, it becomes the path, lam. Lam is path, a bodhicitta, bliss. So this is a path in itself. It's very profound. Thus, the realization of the Buddhas of the three times rises within me. That's the final line. Do some Gyawe, Gompa That's Nagaraja, Louis Yelp. So, thank you. Yeah. Let's uh, dedicate the merit. That's the positive energy that we accumulated today. Let's dedicate that merit to the benefit of all beings. Thank you. Thank you everyone for being with us for this Wisdom Rising podcast. May it benefit all beings. And I'd like to take a moment to thank the production team of Wisdom Rising And also to let you know that if you would like further information on my work or the associated people who work with Tara Mandala, you can reach out to the Tara Mandala website, T-A-R-A-M-A-N-D-A-L-A dot O-R-G. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe.